Welcome back, everybody. Over the past month, we've seen food stocks tumble. You have McDonald's down over 11%, Pepsi down over 10%, Coca-Cola down over 9%, as well as Hershey's being down over 9%. And the list goes on and on. And that's with the S&P 500 only being down about 3.5%. And if you take the news at face value, people are blaming an increased use of Ozempic, saying that the injectable drug is reducing demand for unhealthy food and packaged goods. And just yesterday, there was news that Ozempic's success in their early kidney failure treatment study also caused dialysis-related stocks to tumble. So what is actually going on here? Well, let's start with the facts first. Ozempic is actually a drug that's used to treat diabetes. So where patients take once a week injections and it helps lower their blood sugar and A1C. And now it does say that Ozempic may help you lose weight, but it's not a weight loss drug. But even though it's not a weight loss drug, studies show that you may lose some weight. And here's a bunch of info about that. Okay, so that just gets kind of confusing, but you get the point. So look, off the top, if Ozempic is used to treat diabetes, then I can see the correlation between companies that create unhealthy foods, specifically ones that are like sugary in nature, could maybe be impacted if the usage of it increased. That makes some sense, at least logically. But how many people are actually using it and how do we get to some actual like data and some facts about it? And I actually saw some of it in this great article on Yahoo Finance where they talked about how many people are using it. And what they say is that around 1% of United States adults have current prescriptions for Ozempic and other GLP-1 medications. But the concerns are around the acceleration in the demand for the drug. And this makes a little sense when you consider the fact that the U.S. in general has one of the unhealthiest diets in the world and a growing diabetes problem. And there was a study published saying that the prevalence of diabetes will increase by 54% to more than 54.9 million Americans between 2015 and 2030. And so just some quick back of the napkin math, if we say 260 million adults in the U.S., now about 1% have prescriptions, that would be about 2.6 million Americans. And if we look back at the article, it says 2.4, which is about 0.9% of the adult population in the U.S. So if we're only at about 0.9%, why is there so much talk about this and so much hype about it in the stock market? And I think this is one of those cases where a narrative starts and then it just kind of grows by itself for no reason. So the first that I heard about it was in a news article about Walmart that had the headline, Walmart says Ozempic and weight loss drugs impacting sales. And this was basically an interview in Bloomberg with John Ferner, who's Walmart CEO of U.S. Operations. And he said that they saw, quote, a slight pullback in overall basket in terms of items purchased and total calories for customers who were taking GLP-1 drugs. Because Walmart uses anonymized data to be able to analyze shoppers' behavior. Now, that alone is an interesting topic that I think we should dive into for a different video, but I digress. And then at the bottom of the Walmart article, it referenced an interview with the Kelanova CEO, and that article headline was, Kelanova paying attention to potential threats from weight loss meds. So I dug around to try to find this interview on Bloomberg, and I just couldn't find it. But I was able to find a Bloomberg article that had a little bit more detail about what was in the interview. And here's what it said. The Kelanova CEO said the company is not standing idly by when it comes to weight loss drugs and other threats. Quote, like everything that potentially impacts our business, we'll look at it, study it, and if necessary, mitigate. 
He called it, quote, very, very early days for the drug, but said the company was studying its potential impact on dietary behaviors so it could respond if necessary. And so right there, that alone made it sound very different than what the headline said, but let's keep going. And the other part of the article said this, Although prescriptions for these drugs skyrocketed 300% from 2020 to 2022, it's still too early to know how they will affect consumer behaviors like eating habits on a large scale. Last week, an analyst report from Jeffries said Kellogg was among the snack makers with the most potential exposure, but noted that the firm couldn't yet measure any volume shift. So that article actually helped a lot to kind of show what was really said in the interview. So I went back and tried to find the same type of article for the Walmart interview, and here's what I found. Quote, we definitely do see a slight change compared to the total population. We do see a slight pullback in overall basket, just less units and slightly less calories. But then it did say that Ferner said it's too early to draw any definitive conclusions about the appetite suppressing drugs. So here's my question. I had never heard anything about this risk before a few weeks ago. And now all of a sudden we have two executives from major companies that are on record of saying something about it that just happened to be out of a Bloomberg interview. Now, I'm not a conspiracy guy, but to me it sounds like these Bloomberg interviews, they're actually asking them specifically about these drugs and they're just responding to a question as opposed to them proactively bringing it up as this huge risk that they're working on. At least based on the actual quoted answers that they gave, that's what it sounds like. So to me, the Ozempic news is just a big nothing burger. I mean, even if it becomes a consideration in the future, right now it's so far off from being proven or even being in the ballpark of having a material impact that it's not even really worth the time discussing it, at least in my opinion. But then if that's the case, why are these stocks getting hammered so much? And to me, the most likely issue is related to the market's reaction to higher interest rates for longer and how it impacts relatively stable dividend-paying stocks. And we talked about this in the Why is SCHD Underperforming in 2023 video, and here's that part where we talked about it again. And the type of dividend stocks that are going to get hit the most by this are the ones that are usually the most attractive to income investors. And that basically includes... REITs, or real estate investment trusts, because they usually pay a high dividend, so they're a favorite of income investors. Plus, they usually carry a lot of debt, so they're likely to see profits and expansion opportunities go down, which is a double whammy. And then also, utilities and telecom services. Now, these companies usually pay a good, stable dividend, and they tend to use and carry a lot of debt as well. So again, they're favorites of income investors and likely to see impacts to their profitability. And then lastly, high-yielding dividend stocks and dividend aristocrats that are stable but grow slowly. Because again, the stability and high dividend yield are attractive to income-focused investors. And when you start to look at the fundamentals on some of these stocks, you begin to get an idea of why they're probably selling off. You have Coca-Cola paying a 3.48% dividend yield with a 3.4% five-year dividend growth rate and a 4% five-year average revenue growth rate. That's selling for a PE of 28 and a price to cash flow of 26 back in May. So any investor out there looking for income or just wanting to reduce risk is probably not taking that over, say, Treasuries paying 5%. And Pepsi's another one. They're paying a 3.2% yield, a 6.87% five-year dividend growth rate, and a 6.48% revenue growth rate. But in May, they were trading at a 38 PE and a 23 price to cash flow. And then lastly, you have a stock like McDonald's that's paying a 2.71% dividend yield with an 8.52% five-year dividend growth rate, but only a 0.96% five-year average revenue growth. And in May, they were trading at a 31 PE with a 28 
price to cash flow. So I think a lot of the sell-off is really more about these concepts that we've been talking about in these recent videos. One, the interest rate environment in the US, combined with the uncertainty happening with rising global conflicts in Ukraine and the Middle East, as well as the US's fiscal situation. Because remember, the market can take good news and it can take bad news, but what it doesn't do well with is uncertainty. And with rates the way they are, I think what you're seeing is a lot of people willing to sit on the sidelines and earn their 5% risk-free rate for a while instead of risking their money in the market. And these type of food stocks, I think, are a little more vulnerable because they tend to grow slower and be more predictable than their peers in, say, big tech or other specialized industries. So in general, while there may be a little panic around Ozempic and weight loss drugs, I think that's mostly a media narrative that, to me at least, doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's most likely due to the economic situation we're in as a country and a general market reaction to that more than anything. So what should we be doing about this? Now, it's probably no surprise, but I'm not gonna be overreacting to any of this news because I think as we've shown, it's really not based on much. And what I've actually been doing is adding to positions in my portfolio that are all of a sudden a lot more attractive. Now, obviously you guys are gonna see this in my October portfolio recap video next month, but I did add pretty significantly to my McDonald's holding as well as started my Hershey holding, even though it's just two shares, but it's a start because I do think this downtrend is a bit overdone and I'm trying to take advantage of it by getting companies that I think are really good long-term holds at good prices. So what do you guys think about all this? Are you actually adding some of these companies now that they're at more attractive prices? Let me know down in the comments below. Hope you guys have a great day out there. Financial independence is true freedom. So keep building and stacking wins and I'll see you guys in the next one. Peace.